This is Actualize Freedom. Straight talk on growing clicks and conversions on Amazon FBA from people doing it every day. Now here's your host, digital marketing acrobat, Danny Kenji Carlson. Today's episode of the Actualize Freedom podcast is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader giving big thinking for small business. It's designed for e-commerce leaders eager to grow and protect their business. It's co-hosted by Jason Miles, Shopify store owner and educator, and Michael Vizi, an Amazon specialist. Just search for The E-Commerce Leader in your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. What is up, guys? This one's going into Tomer Rabinovich and why he thinks that an amazing customer experience on Amazon is one of the most surefire ways to have a successful product. And Tomer thinks that to have a five-star review, Amazon shoppers need to have a six-star experience. So how can we as Amazon sellers create that six-star experience for our customers? And he goes over exactly the different ways that he does that with his own brands and with different brands he consults for. Tomer Rabinovich has spoken on stage with Amazing.com, Illuminati Mastermind, and StellarCon, just to name a few. So this guy really knows this stuff. Let's dive into this one with Tomer Rabinovich on Creating a mind-blowing Amazon customer experience. What is up, guys? Danny Carlson here with the Actualized Freedom Podcast. And we have someone over in the, the middle of the world there, about five-hour time difference. Usually, I'm talking to someone exactly the opposite end of the world, but we got Tomer Rabinovich over here on my side of the world, kind of over in Israel. And we don't talk to a whole lot of people from that area. It's usually people from the United States or from Europe who are on this podcast. So I think you might be the very first person from Israel on here. So I'd just like to welcome you to the Actualized Freedom Podcast. How's it going there, Tomer? Very good, Dan. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Very good. The very first Israeli Amazon seller. Here we go. And customer experience is probably one of the one of the topics that I don't think we've covered on the Actualized Freedom Podcast in nearly 100 episodes here. Um, you have a very interesting take on customer experience and what it really takes to wow the customer and get them in love with your brand, right? So a lot of Amazon sellers, they're looking to just get their brand in front of people on search traffic and that's about it, right? It's transactional. Thank you for your money. But what are some of the advantages of creating a really great customer experience for your buyers on Amazon? So first of all, customer experience, uh, we'll talk about in a second what it actually is. But basically, I think that if you deliver a good customer experience, um, your customers are actually gonna, going to want to leave you a, an Amazon review, like a five-star review for your product. That's probably the biggest advantage. And also, you can see like huge brands uh, doing this already. And I think it's just better business to give a good customer experience than not, doing, not giving any type of an experience uh, to your customers, which I believe is what most... Amazon sellers are currently doing, even if they don't agree with me right now, they will agree by the end of this podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. And repeat customers means a lot more money. So if someone buys something from you twice, then that customer is worth double what it was before. I mean, you don't have to be a mathematician to know that that's going to be a valuable thing. So maybe I'd love to hear your definition of, you know, what do you define as customer experience, like what is under that umbrella, so to speak? Yeah, so I think that most customers think about, when they hear customer experience, they think customer service, but customer service is really reactive. So what that means is when a customer reaches out to you, you are basically reacting to their, usually it's a problem. You probably don't get a lot of emails saying, I love your product, it changed my life. You know, you still don't get those type of emails. You get like, 
I want to refund this, I want to replacement, things like that. So you basically do customer service, which you think I have the best customer service in the world because I refund them, no questions asked. That's what everyone is doing right now in this industry. But customer experience is really proactive. You are doing something even before you are supposed to do it. So that can be something with your packaging, with your inserts, uh, hiding things in your listing that they don't expect when they get your product. So those are the kind of things you can actually do to deliver a better customer experience. Now, when you say a brand, you, we need to remember that they are not buying my brand. They are buying from Amazon, but they're getting my product with my branding on it as a result. They are buying from Amazon and they're buying from Amazon because Amazon has a, an amazing customer experience, right? Everything gets two days. Uh, you know, you can refund anything, no questions asked. They are buying from Amazon because of the experience they get. They know they are paying top dollar for Amazon. They know they are paying more money when, shop, when buying on Amazon, but they do that because of the customer experience Amazon uh, gives them. So if we can um, do things that are unique, that are different from all Amazon sellers, we can also get a lot more reviews. And we basically, what I try to do with my products is deliver, I call it a six-star experience to get a five-star review. From and it's hard to argue that that's not totally worth it. And this is really interesting to me right now, especially because I'm reading this book about, I believe it's called The Effortless Experience, about how to create a brand that um, just builds brand loyalty over time. And what it's saying is most people get customer service completely wrong in the fact that they're just trying to like constantly wow the customer and they think that that's really, that's really the main thing to focus on. But this book makes the main point of, actually avoiding the customer service interaction in the first place has a way bigger right. priority over just like wowing the customer. Like customers don't want to be wowed and amazed. They would much rather just not even have a problem with your product in the first place. He has a quote where he says that if customers reach out to us, we are doing it wrong. Like that's exactly what he says, you know? Um, Absolutely. So, so yeah. So let me walk you through a few things here that we first look at when, you know, I do a lot of consulting for big sales and everything. And I see this like all the time with products sellers are going for that are not really applicable for Amazon, if you ask me. So first of all, I mean, I, everything changed in like 2016, you know, when Amazon wiped all of the reviews and they don't allow you to really give away products for reviews, for like Olivia and Honest Review, you know, all of that is, is gone now. So what Amazon really changed is that you can't really sell junk products on Amazon anymore. You have to sell good quality products on their platform to really succeed long-term. So you need products that actually work. That's like the first thing that I will say. It might sound obvious, but when I'm launching a product, I want it to be a bulletproof product. So I'm not going to get a lot of emails asking me how to use the product. It's super clear how to use it. And if it takes some explanation, I'm going to have a video. I'm going to have a small um, piece of paper inside explaining every step on how to install it and how to use it. So that's like the first uh, step that you really need to do. And also think about this. Like if you were to buy your own product on Amazon right now, would you bother going into Amazon afterwards, leaving yourself a five-star review? If the answer is no, you need to change your process. And this process of getting five-star reviews has to be part of your product development process. I see this like in Facebook groups all the time. People are posting on Facebook, how do I get reviews? You know? And if they ask that, it's probably too late. 
uh, to get it answered because they already have the product live on Amazon. I mean, everyone is launching a product, you know, they get their first 20, 10, 20 reviews from friends, family, whatever. But then what happens? If people are not consistently leaving you five-star reviews on an ongoing basis, you're going to lose eventually. Like getting reviews organically is the name of this game, if you ask me. If you all, you can all probably agree that if I can get five-star reviews on a consistent basis from real customers, I win long-term, right? That's just what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're touching on the foundation of actually having a really high quality product because no one is going to leave a five-star review for a product that is mediocre or crappy, no matter how good you're, you, you know, you have your, some crazy bonus or you have like some amazing thing that you're doing with your product insert or whatever that doesn't matter if your product is crap to begin with. That's just like the foundational thing that needs to be there. Right. right? So, yeah, so that's the first step. Now, if your product is what you say it is in your listing and someone is getting it and you ask them for a review, they might leave a review and they might not. And if they do leave, they might leave you like a three or four star review because it just does what it's supposed to do. And maybe they don't like something about it, you know? So they just leave you like a three and a four star. And that's not really helpful, right? Anything below five stars hurts our rating, even a four-star brings it down from 4.5 or from 4.8 or whatever it is you aim for. So only, the only review that is acceptable is a five-star review. So what we try to do is to give a six-star experience. And we do that by something that I like to call surprise and over-deliver. So by doing this, by giving them something more than they were, than they paid for basically, they feel kind of obligated to leave you a five-star review afterwards. And I love that concept because it works in all areas of life for reciprocation, right? If, you, if you've ever worked sales or if you ever, you know, do a favor for your uncle or something like that. And it just like, it's a human need to want to reciprocate a favor. So like, what are some ways that you, you kind of dig up this emotion in your buyers on Amazon? Yeah, we'll just give one life example before that. So actually they did, um, they did this experiment uh, in Cornell University back, I think it was 2002, where they, you know, the check comes at the restaurant and they give you like one candy with the check. And uh, the waiter comes, gives you the check with one candy and they sign increase in like 3% increase uh, in tips because of that. Then they did it again and gave you two candies, you know, with the check and they sign increase in like 12%. And then they did it one more time. So they gave you two candies the waiter stands to the side and sees when you eat one, she comes in and give you like a third candy um, as a result. And they saw a 21% increase. And I believe the reason that happens, like you already paid for the food that you bought, right? You got everything you paid for, but she went in and gave you something extra that you didn't pay for. So you feel obligated to give more. So I call this like give and receive. So if I give, if you if my product costs 20 bucks on Amazon and you pay 20 bucks and you got the product, that's it. We, we are done with this correspondence here. But if you got something more with whatever it is that you bought that you didn't pay for, you kind of feel obligated to do something extra, which is hopefully leave me a five-star review as a result. So that is kind of what drives this and what we are trying to do. So Let's look at an example here, you know, from Amazon. So uh, one product that I noticed uh, that is doing this, I actually talked about it in one of my lectures, but they are selling this makeup case, okay? And I have a way of seeing how many reviews they're getting. Basically what I'm doing 
is I'm looking how many reviews they got in the last 30 days, and I divide that by the number of sales they had over the last 30 days. And by doing that, you can see there, I call it review percentage. So if the review percentage is high, and the high review percentage is compared to the certain market. So makeup cases usually get more reviews than let's say disposable cups, right? Uh, by nature of the product, because it's giftable and everything, it's more interesting. So I noticed that this product is getting a lot more reviews than all of its competitors, around 8% review rate. So I went into the review, so that means that for every 100 sales, they're getting eight reviews. So I went into the reviews and I looked at what people are writing in, in the reviews, and I noticed that everyone is mentioning gift wrap. And I'm like, what's going on? So I typed on that, uh, I typed it in the search in the reviews, and I noticed that basically what the seller did, they gift wrap every makeup case. That's what they're doing. So they're just gift wrapping this makeup case and sending it to everyone, but they do not mention it on the listing anywhere. It doesn't mention it's gift wrap or anything. So you see like five-star reviews, one after the other saying, it was gift wrap, it felt like a gift for myself, or I'm gonna buy this for three more people as gifts afterwards, or whatever it is. And you know, you can also ask Amazon to gift wrap your product, and someone is mentioning like, it was gift wrap, and they didn't ask it to be gift wrap, you know, in the first place. So just by delivering something extra, they get a ton of reviews. Now, you don't want to do this if you sell disposable cups, obviously, because it's not going to work. You just need to figure out what's going to work for your own product to deliver this six-star experience for your customers. Yeah, well, and like live example of that, I just bought a new laptop. And this thing, it came with a whole bunch of stuff. Like here's this uh, like leather case the laptop goes in. It came with what this mouse like and uh, and also the box it came in was like wrapped in leather and you could you could like turn it into a storage box with some extra inserts that they put in there to just fold right. over and turn into like a storage box for your cool stuff and none of that stuff was really advertised with it and so I wasn't expecting it so and like I, I'll be honest it felt pretty cool to just get all that extra free stuff and like you know really it's it's like not it's not that amazing but it like disproportionately made me feel a lot more amazing about the product. Right, and also you're talking about it now on your podcast, which you don't really have to do, but I would ask you what laptop is it, right? Where did you buy it? Where did you get it? Um, because that, those type of stories, I mean, you hear like bad customer experience stories all the time, right? You see them on social media, you hear it from friends all over the place, and you don't really hear the good stories that often because those are a lot more, uh, uncommon than the bad experiences. So if we can deliver a much better experience to our customers, they will talk about it, right? The bar is super low for a very good customer experience right now in commerce in general, not just Amazon. It's all over the place. It's very, very low bar to reach. So I think it's super simple to do. And think of how many, like you are not just competing with your competitors on Amazon for reviews. You are competing with your with the lifestyle of your customers. I mean, you are buying products all the time on Amazon and you get like tons of packagings to your house every single day. What would you leave a review for? Like you would leave a review for if something really stands out uh, from the rest. And also they are busy in their lives and everything. So you really need to over deliver with your products to get that five-star review eventually. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I know one question that viewers are going to ask is, uh, what would you consider to be a good review rate? So first off, let's just review like how you actually calculate your review rate. You're going to get 
the total amount of estimated sales, whatever you think that competitor is selling with Jungle Scout or whatever it is, what kind of, whatever kind of data you have, and then divide that by the number of reviews, the number of, of new reviews during that period. So like reviews, yeah, so um, total sales divided by reviews per month. Actually, it's the opposite. It's like uh, reviews that you got in the last 30 days or the competitor got in the last 30 days divided by the number of total sales of that month. If you're using Helium 10 X-Ray, which is like uh, the Helium 10 extension, and X-Ray is a free tool inside of it, you can just download that to Excel and just divide one in the other, and that's it. That, that gives you like that total, um, and you're done. That's like the quickest way to do that. And then what you want to do is basically you can go ahead and read those reviews of competitors, or you can just go ahead and buy those products and just see their funnels and what it is that they're doing. And please do not just copy what they're doing. Improve their process. You always want to improve whatever your competitors are doing because if you improve everything by one, five, ten percent, you will win, right? And that's applicable to anything in Amazon, not just the review generation process. Yeah. Oh, that's so smart. And so I know it varies a lot, but maybe just throw out a few numbers from what you've seen, um, a few categories that you're familiar with of like, what is a good review rate in a few different categories? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's, I, I mean, it's going to be an annoying answer, but it, it varies a lot. I think anything over 5% is impressive, like overall, like if you look at almost any niche, if you sell laptops for over a thousand dollars, those are going to have much higher review rates than just selling like, um, I don't know, an iPhone charger, right? So anything that is more interesting, anything that is giftable, anything that is um, more personal is going to get much more reviews than anything else. So you really want to see the review rate of your, the review percentage of your competitors, look at the highest one, buy their products, read the reviews to figure out what it is that they're doing and then improve that process. And if you improve it, you will win long-term because you will get more reviews long-term. And I believe review generation is one of the uh, biggest factors for actually ranking your products. Um, I don't think anyone ever talks about this and I don't really know how Amazon algorithm works, but I did see that consistently with um, you know, clients of mine improving their review process and just ranking much quicker for their products afterwards. Yeah, well, and it's like easy to measure how much the conversion rate increases once you have that social proof of the more high quality reviews for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what are some of the other ways that we can improve this customer experience? So do, do you do anything with product inserts, for example? Yeah, so inserts, you can do a lot of things. You have to be careful when it comes to the TOS, obviously. You don't really want to violate the TOS. So what I see a lot happening is People doing, uh, you know, please leave me a five-star review on Amazon. If anything is wrong, contact like this email, you know, like bluntly on like the insert itself. And this is like, you know, at the restaurant when you sit down and eat your dinner and the waiter comes in your first bite and says, how's the food, you know, and you, are, you can't even speak. That's kind of what you're doing to your customers. They just got your product and they didn't even test it and you're already asking for a review. Needless to say, it's against TOS to ask for a review in the insert, but it just doesn't work because it wouldn't work for you. So why do you think it would work for your customers? I mean, think of yourself or talk to a potential customer of your brand and ask them, what do you think about this? Would this like call to action work on you? Amazon customers are not stupid. They are not different than, than us, right? We are buying products as well. So you have to treat them like intelligent people uh, that they actually are. And if it would work for, for you or for your um, target audience, it's probably gonna work out for a lot of your customers. 
So please do not ask for a review immediately. Another thing that does work, and it's against COS completely, is offering a gift card. Uh, like get a um, $5 gift card or $10 gift card and leave me a five-star review on Amazon. Do not do that. That's like a quick way to get suspended. Two things that work best from everything we tested uh, so far. So one is offer them a warranty. Offering a warranty is completely within TOS when uh, you put it in an insert. And basically what you want to do is you can, we always do two things. We put a, a QR code and also give them a URL. Now the URL, the URL that you use is important. You want it to have like brandname.com forward slash warranty or something that looks honest. I mean, whatever it is you do in your warranty, you want to look honest and don't force it on them. And also don't say something like, if anything is wrong with our product, get a refund, do this, do that, because that kind of says something might be very wrong with our product. You don't really want to do that. You don't see Apple when you open your new iPhone, you don't see them saying, if anything is wrong, contact us immediately. You know, you don't really see that happening. You can just have it in small letters like customer service, put the email down there, and that's it. They don't need really more information than that. So when you offer a warranty, you really want to have like a call to action with a link. Do this now. It's only going to take 30 seconds of your time. Have a very simple landing page there or just ManyChat or whatever it is that you want to use. And, a week and what you can do immediately, if it's, let's say, ManyChat, you can ask them, by the way, did you get a chance to test their product already? If they say no, you just delay, one week delay and email them afterwards and ask them like um, for the review then. And if they did get a chance to test it, then you say, do you like it? What do you think about it? And just see the reaction and then ask for the review afterwards. So just by doing this, and again, this is right now within TOS to do, you get a lot more reviews this way. So warranty really works for obviously some products. Again, if you sell disposable cups, it's probably no one is going to get a warranty for disposable cups. So that's one thing you can do mostly for electronic products. Let's say anything over $30, $40, you can do that as well. The other thing that really works is offering a free product. Now, the free product that you offer needs to be something very cheap. I would even say very, very small, something that can fit inside of an envelope. Um, and basically what you do is you also want to put a big picture of that free product that they're getting. Don't just say free gift or a free surprise or anything like that because that simply doesn't work. It won't work on you, so it won't work on your customers. So whatever it is that you sell, let's say you sell a makeup case, you can sell like a, a free makeup brush to send to them if they opt in on that. And only after they opt in, only after it was delivered, then you say, oh, by the way, did you get a chance to the product? Do you like it? We would love to hear your feedback on Amazon, you know, and just give them the review link and that's it. And again, because you give them something extra, they feel kind of feel obligated to, uh, to leave your review. Now, this might seem like bribery or something, um, but that's, again, like all we do is we give them extra value for their money that they didn't really expect. Another thing that we like to do is we use a lot of humor and we really um, add a lot of character to our branding. One example I can give, I think this is the first time I'm sharing this, but in one of our brands, it's a baby brand, and what we do there is we have an insert with no call to action, nothing, but we write a letter that is from the baby to the parents and thanking them for buying the product for, for them, basically, for the baby. And just by doing that, just by delivering that extra value, we see that we see them post it on social media. We see them like adding, you know, mentioning that in the reviews and everything. 
again, it's just extra value. We are not really, you know, it costs us, what, a few cents to do. So whatever it is that you can do to your customers uh, extra and they don't really sit in your listing works uh, tremendously well. Yeah, that's a really powerful tip for everyone right there. And I know the next question for people is going to be, well, how do I go about actually deciding what kind of free bonuses I can give in, in my product? Do you have any hacks for, you know, like what other products that are cheap and light could I possibly give as a incentive for, for opting in? Yeah, sure. So my uh, biggest tip for that is just go to top 100 in your main category. Just go over that category and see what is small enough to fit in an envelope. And you can just put it in Amazon to start with and just, you know, fulfill by Amazon to begin with and just see if it works. Just start, see if it works. If it does, you can always use a 3PL or your house if you live in the U.S. and just ship it by yourself to your customers or hire like a student and send it to their house, like a hundred units or a thousand units, have them put it in envelopes and put the address every time and send it to customers. You can optimize this later, but just start by putting it in Amazon. And every time you get someone to opt in, just fulfill uh, the order to their house basically. And when they first opt in, you just ask for the order ID. So that way you have their home address and everything. So that's the easiest way to do this. Um, and the reason you want it to fit in an envelope is again, so you can optimize it later but yeah and it's got to be cheap too right you can't be giving away like you know 30 percent of your your profit margin on a continual right. basis for i, I would say this. that for customer customer experience i would say that the uh, rule we follow is five ten percent of our profits goes to customer experience so that's kind of how we adjust this and this can be really anything you know we sent out you know i don't know if you know this but you can actually filter out the customers who bought the most from you that you made the most profit on and basically filter those customers out. And then what we did once is we sent out cookies to all those customers, you know, just thanking them for being our customers. And I mean, you can't really measure this, but we just saw an increase in sale over time because they talk about it, you know, with their friends, with their family, with other people that are our target audience. And this stuff just works. I mean, I think all of us are buying more from word of mouth and influencers and things like that than ever before, thanks to social media. So if they're talking about it in social media, then we win. Like they, they just go to Amazon and buy more of our products. Yeah. And like, those are your customers who are most likely to go leave that five-star review, right? They bought the most from you. Uh, you know, clearly if they bought more than once, they probably like the product at least enough to buy it. So they're probably your hottest leads, so to speak. So that makes a lot of sense. Just sending them cookies or, or something, or if you're selling healthy products, maybe send them some, uh, quinoa or I don't, I don't know, something, Whatever something it is. healthy. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one more example I can give from one of our own products. So this is a product we wanted to launch in uh, 2016. And the reason we didn't launch it is because it was prohibited to sell. This is a lock picking set. So basically how to pick out, how to pick up a lock, uh, like a door lock, you know, just to open it up with like a set of tools. So this was actually prohibited to sell in 2016 and we were already in production for this. So this is why I can actually share this on the podcast. But basically what it, what we thought is we looked at some of the competitors and they all came in like a brown box or even a color box, you know, showing the tools all around and everything. And my thinking was, let's make it look like a deposit box. So it was black all around. It had like a lock in the front and no wording on it. So if you look all around, it has nothing on it except for the bottom where it says like made in China 
has a barcode and like a picture of the tools themselves. And that's it, like nothing on it. And the packaging, the goal was not to have it on our listing on Amazon. And when someone take, opens the product, it opens from the lock side. And when they open it up, it says, congrats, you've just picked your first lock. And that was our idea of how to really deliver a much better customer experience than all of our competitors. Now, obviously we can have the packaging on our listing and maybe drive a few more sales. But the thinking is that if we hide it from the listing, and actually surprise our customers with it. This is a packaging, this is our advantage with Amazon. They don't see our packaging, right? Some might see it as a disadvantage, unlike retail and whatever, but it can actually be used as an advantage to hide the packaging until they actually get our product and really surprise them with the product. And that way, just by giving them a better experience, they will leave a review afterwards. Yeah, it's a, it's a really ingenious way of, of getting that extra value packed in there. And one thing I know, the people who are very risk averse are probably thinking like, what is your opinion on filtering out people who have negative customer experience and then only sending that email or that mini chat message to the ones who didn't have a negative experience? Because, um, you know, for, for the past couple of years, anyways, there's been lots of accounts suspended for, you know, review filtering, so to speak, through Amazon's messaging system. So right. clearly through, through email, and messenger like it's hard to say that amazon would actually be able to like go in and look at all your flows and see if you're filtering or not but like right. it's been expressed by amazon that that is something right. that they frown upon i think that's up to you but i also think that once you have a good product and you know it's a good product and you know you have a really good experience then you won't even need to tell them like if you had a good experience just reach out to us because what we noticed is that if you give them something they didn't expect, like a free, let's say a, another free product inside of their product that wasn't on the listing, like a small box with a ribbon around it or something, if they get something like that, and even if something is wrong with the product, like your laptop, if something is wrong with that laptop, you will feel much more comfortable now reaching out to the company because something is wrong because you got more than you paid for. If you paid for something and it doesn't work as you thought it would, or you didn't, it's not what you paid for, you will feel much more comfortable leaving a negative review as a result. But if they gave you extra stuff that you didn't pay for, you kind of feel you owe something to the brand. Like at least reaching out to them to see if they can fix it for you. And you also probably think in the back of your head that they will because they over-delivered anyway. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Well, awesome, Tomer. This is a lot to chew for people who are um, looking to improve their customer experience on Amazon. And a lot of these things can't be done overnight either. It's not like some marketing tactic where you set up a many chat bot and you're just like going to go blast some Facebook ads to it tomorrow. You got to really intentionally go through this whole design process and actually get some stuff created in your product packaging and your inserts and all these different things. So Definitely, um, you know, a little bit of work to get it set up, but so valuable. Yeah, actually getting one thing I will mention, I mean, I'm sure some of your listeners don't really know where to start. Like, okay, they're sold on this, you know, but they don't know where they should start. So what I would recommend is sites like 99designs, you know, or Design Heal. All those sites basically have um, a contest you can run between from different designers. So you pay like a thousand bucks or whatever, and there is a contest for your packaging, you know. And you say, we want this packaging for this product. We want it to be unique, to stand out. It's going to be sold on Amazon. We want to hide the packaging from our listing. We want it to be playful. Whatever it is you want to mention. And basically, their goal is to design a packaging for you. And then you choose a winner. And only that winner is getting paid 
by that website. So again, 99designs.com or designhill.com, uh, both websites are great for that. Um, I'm working on a new website right now and I use 99design to design my own website that again is gonna be stand out from the rest and everything else. So that is a great resource if you are not creative. I'm not the most creative guy, I'm very analytical. So that is one thing you can do. And the second thing is look at your competitors, see what they're doing and basically improve their process. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go, guys. No excuses. Got to get started on it. And uh, it's absolutely worth it from what we've seen here. So thank you so much for coming on here, Tomer. And if people want to reach out to you or learn more about what you do online, where's the best place for them to do so? Best place is my website. So it's just my name, TomerRabinovich.com. So if you go there, you can just um, see everything that they do. I have a lot of free lectures. Everything is free. You don't need to put your email. don't need anything. Everything is just free on the website to read articles, podcasts, everything is on there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And guys, if uh, you need any of the links that he mentioned or any of the resources, you can find those as always in the show notes of this episode at KenjiRY.com slash blog. And if you haven't already, go leave us a review for the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you listen to this podcast. Really appreciate every single one of those reviews. So until next time, guys, go out there and go blast some sales on Amazon. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit KenjiROI.com.